you are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That is at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And on today's show, it is Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone listening to this podcast. I hope that you enjoyed uh, me and Javier Reyes's uh Thanksgiving draft, where we drafted Thanksgiving foods, Thanksgiving activities, and had a wild, crazy, and fun time together on Locked On Royals and Locked On um, Locked On Royals and Locked On Padres. It was a ton, a ton of fun. So, on this special Thanksgiving episode, uh, I want to start by by getting your power rankings of Thanksgiving foods. I think that I'm going to go. Number one with the bullet, as you know, if you listen to the to the Thanksgiving draft shows, green bean casserole. I think it's very underrated. I think it's very good, very reliable, uh, very consistent. Uh, and I don't know about you, but I mean, I, I don't have green bean casserole every single day. I have it, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and so you know, getting it is, is a really, really good thing. I really like green bean casserole. And number two, uh, pecan pie. I, goodness gracious, I, I only have it again Thanksgiving, Christmas. So it is a great treat. I mean. It is so good. I don't see how people can't like pecan pie. I mean, it's just that perfect. Uh, and then you got turkey and ham. Uh, I'd rank ham above the turkey. Uh, turkey would move on down to me because you got the mashed potatoes. You've got the rolls. Uh, you know, you've got all that ahead of ahead of the uh, the turkey. Uh, and, and really, you know, the, the best part about Thanksgiving is, of course, the leftovers and things like that. So, you know, if you want more food takes, you can go listen to the draft episodes. But let me know what's on your Thanksgiving plate today. And let me know if you're using this podcast to really ignore your family, because that would be kind of funny if you're listening to me talk about Thanksgiving foods and baseball instead of mingling with your family. I think that we've all kind of been there before. So let me know if that's what you're using this podcast for. So on today's show, let's talk about the hot stove, which is not very hot. And now it's in direct competition uh, with the basketball offseason, which is just flying good players off the shelves with trades, with drafts, with uh, signings. And there's just boom, 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 all this NBA news during what's supposed to be the hot stove, where the biggest headline is that Robinson Cano has been suspended again for PEDs. And, you know, that sucks for Cano. And, and, and you know, not, not for the Mets, though. The Mets the Mets get to reallocate that money. Uh, but it sucks for Cano. I, I'm not sure uh, if this is a situation where he purposefully was just taking steroids and got caught again. Uh, but there has been times, and that could be the case, and it probably is the case just given his track record, but there has been times where a guy innocently, honest to goodness, uh, did not know uh, that that something he ate or something that he wasn't taking uh, was on the banned substance list, uh, even though it's kind of your job to know that. But there's been times where, where things happen, and so I do feel bad for Cano in that sense. Uh, but what a way to lose like 20-something million dollars. I mean, to just consume something you shouldn't have. Uh, that's that's kind of that's kind of crazy to me for Cano, but that's what you get whenever you're a repeat offender uh, for the PEDs. So the Dodgers want to make a big splash this offseason. They're wanting Aaron uh, Arenado, Nolan Arenado, uh, to be traded. 
I would be interested in, in what that trade would be like. Uh, would they? Would the Dodgers, you think, have to give up MLB-ready players? Uh, or would the Dodgers have to give up just some minor leaguers who may or may not pan out? Because, I mean, you think about it, that's a legitimate question for the Dodgers because they have valuable, young, controllable, good, intriguing prospects on their MLB bench. Now, of course, you're going to have to attach prospects with with someone, uh, but the, the Dodgers, to me, might be the only team in baseball who can grab an Arenado or grab somebody like that for only a couple of prospects. I mean, where their package does not have to be centered around only top prospects, only the big name guys on the farm. They have some MLB players on their bench and, and even their starting lineup who they'd be they, they'd be comfortable giving up and they'd be comfortable losing uh, for the benefit of grabbing Arenado. My question would be also, why do they want Arenado? Do they want to move on from Justin Tucker? Not Justin Tucker, I'm sorry. Watching uh, watching a little football, I had that on my mind. Do they want to also move on from Josh Turner? That's who I was thinking of. I don't know how, but I confused a Baltimore kicker uh, for a ginger that plays for the Dodgers and plays third base for the Dodgers. I don't know, but I did. Uh, so would they move somebody to shortstop? I don't think that Turner has a lot of experience playing multiple positions. I could be wrong about that. Um, I, I think that they'd want to keep their DH spot open. I mean, I don't think that they'd want to pigeonhole one of those guys to a DH role. And I think that Arenado is just too good in the field. He's too great. He's great. He's legitimately great as a defender. So you have to play him in the field. And he won a platinum glove. You probably got to play him at third base. Now he could move all over the diamond. I think he's that good defensively. But He's really good, so I, I would want to keep him at third base if I was the Dodgers. So what would be the play here? Would you even do a swap of Arenado and Turner? Okay, so swap those two guys. And then add some prospects, of course, to Colorado because they're not going to do a straight-up trade by any means. But I'm just saying that you you swap those guys as the initial starting point, and then you add some prospects to it later on. That would be pretty, 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 pretty interesting to me. So coming up... I want to talk more about this rumor and other rumors because the stove is not heating up because I don't think that moves are going to be made anytime soon, but there are getting some more rumors and, well, what if this happened or what if that happened? So we can talk about that coming up. So we're back on the Lockdown Rose podcast, a part of Lockdown Podcast Network. I want to let you know uh, that tomorrow's show, I will be I will be giving you my Hall of Fame ballot. Who's in, who's out? Do I vote for steroid players or not? Do I keep them out? Uh, what would I do if I had a Hall of Fame ballot? What would I look for? What would I be doing? Now, Theo Epstein resigned from the Cubs. And since we talked about that on, the, on, the, on last week's show, there's been some rumors and rumblings about him possibly being the next commissioner of baseball. And I think that that's very interesting. Because... I'm not sure what would go into that, what would go into him getting the next commissioner. I mean, I know how the process works. Uh, first of all, they need to remove uh, Rob Manford, obviously. Then the owners would need to vote him in, and the owners would need to agree to it. Um, so I'm not sure his reputation around baseball in the sense of what he would do for the for the commissioner office because as much as we hate Rob Manford, as much as Rob Manford, I think, is ruining the sport and ruining baseball and ruining um, baseball to the point of no recovery, to the point of where 
where the sport is today is where this sport will be for years to come. It's not going to be popular. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be something that, that people seek out. It's not going to be something that that pulls in a new generation. It will, not, it will never be something that's above fourth place or third place um, in the major sports in America. I, I think that if you look at it, I think that hockey even uh, has the upper hand in, in terms of growth uh, around, around the world and in America. Uh, for that third place spot, you're closer. You're a lot closer to hockey right now, uh, if you're baseball, than you are to basketball or football, which is a far cry from where the sport started at being the top sport ever uh, to being all the way down here to where you're you're considering them closer to hockey than you're considering them to baseball and football. I mean, to basketball and football. Uh, so I, I think that Rob Manfred has been terrible for the sport, awful. But he's been good for the owners, and that's what matters. The owners matter. He, the, he, the commissioner in every sport works for the owners. And the owners in basketball have taken that and said, well, why don't you work for both of us? Why don't you do things great for the players, but also great for us and help grow the game, and that's at the forefront of the game. And so basketball's taken off. Uh, you know, Goodell hasn't had to do anything, really, because, uh, you know, football is just popular. I mean, it's just naturally popular, and it's just naturally going to get people inspired to play it. Uh, not a lot of people seeking out playing baseball anymore. They're just not. Uh, so Rob Manfred, I don't think is going to get ousted anytime soon because I don't think that the owners care about PR hits until uh, they start losing money because as bad as the sport is, is for the fans as bad as the sport is at uh, growing the sport as bad as the sport is you know PR wise the PR hit has not translated to loss of revenue now you give it four or five six years down the line here as fans that you know as the fan average fan age gets older and older and those fans die out those fans you know shift into new hobbies, those fans, you know, again, die off with the sport, then it will start hitting their pocketbooks, and then you could see Rob Manfred getting ousted. But for now, as stupid as he sounds by saying that the World Series is a hunk of metal, a piece of metal, as stupid as he sounds uh, in his investigations, and, and as stupid as he sounds about the Josh Turner thing, and just all that happened, the, the bargaining thing, all that happened this last calendar year, that has given baseball multiple, multiple, multiple black eyes in the sport. None of that matters uh, as long as the money is good and they just signed a massive playoff TV contract with TBS, so uh, the money's still good. So I don't know how realistic it is for Theo Epstein to be the next commissioner of baseball. I don't think it'll happen anytime soon. So I think that he will still be a GM around baseball at some point this offseason because you don't pass up to me you know, $23 million or whatever he was going to make for the Cubs. You don't just walk away from that because you want to break from doing your job. I think that you walk away from that knowing you have another position lined up somewhere. So I want to compare some Royals players to Thanksgiving foods. I think that that would be pretty, pretty fun. I really do. So whenever I look around baseball right now, I, I look at the Kansas City Royals roster uh, I, I see a team that has a lot of comparable players to Thanksgiving food. We start out with Alberto Mondesi. Alberto Mondesi, to me, is the most polarizing Thanksgiving food there is. People either love it or they hate it. I don't think that there's much in between. It can either be prepared perfectly prepared awesome or it can be just dreadful i mean just dreadful you know one, one of two outcomes there i think 
that Alberto Mondesi would have to be a green bean casserole or a potato salad. Potato salad, I think, is more Alberto Mondesi because he's not as good as green bean casserole. I think that Alberto Mondesi, to me, is is a potato salad because you just never know who's going to make it. If it's store-bought, it's pretty good. If he has a good stretch for two weeks, it's pretty good. His highs are very high, but his lows are very low. If you get somebody cooking potato salad with, with raisins in it, it's awful. Now, what Merrifield, to me, is Mr. Consistent. And to me, that's ham. I have never once had a bad ham. I've never once gotten a ham out of the oven or gotten the ham out of the crock pot or whatever it's made. I've never once, never once... Taken a slice of ham and and been anything less than satisfied. It is just so good. It's so consistent. It's elite. It is awesome. And it's great for leftovers. It's great anytime. Ham to me is what Merrifield because it's great anytime. Anytime at all. Now, you move over to pecan pie. And this is something that we talked about on our draft show. Pecan pie is really good. It's also only good in small doses. You know, if, if you eat a couple slices of pie, of pecan pie, your taste buds are wrecked. Your stomach is wrecked. That's just too much sweetness. That's too much overload. And to me, that reminds me of Danny Duffy. Danny Duffy, good in small doses, good in small small times out of the bullpen, good in short outings, really good. Once he gets into trouble, though, and once you cut that piece of pecan pie a little bit too big, then all of a sudden, uh, things go haywire, and all of a sudden, things are just awful. So that's what reminds me of Danny Duffy. And then the rolls... Give me Alex Gordon. I know he's retired, but give me Alex Gordon just going off last year's roster because rolls are so good. I mean, anyone will like a roll. You could have the most picky eater of all time. They would enjoy a nice dinner roll. And they're so good. They are just a classic. Again, something you can't screw up. Something that's so that's so reliable. You, if you go to any Thanksgiving around America right now, on you know, today, you're going to find a dinner roll. You just don't. You're going to find a dinner roll. He's always going to be there for you. He's going to be, it is what it is. There's not many ways you can dress up a roll. It is what it is. It's a dinner roll. It's bread. You know, you can have the diving catch. You can have the, the honey butter. You can have the regular butter. You can have the spray butter. A lot of different butters there. A lot of different ways to catch a baseball. But at the the end of the day, he is what he is. Average to below average hitter. Elite defender. It is what he is. Not going to surprise you at all. And again, going to be there all the time. So give me Alex Gordon for dinner rolls. And then I'm going to go with... Salvador Perez, and to me, Salvador Perez is going to be green bean casserole. A fan favorite, a fan favorite to me, green bean casserole. It's, it's my favorite of all time. I drafted number one. It's my favorite of all time. I think it's a fan favorite. Everyone's going to be happy when you put it on the table. Uh, you know, it's going to be a good, it's going to be a good day. Maybe, maybe, maybe pumpkin pie relates to Perez more because more people do enjoy pumpkin pie per capita than people who enjoy green bean casserole, but Still, Perez, really good there. Really good spot there. So that's been today's show. Tomorrow's show, we will uh, dive into my Hall of Fame ballot. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you tomorrow.